Well, tonight, uh, as we get into the Word, um, this is something that uh, God really started stirring in my spirit this week, and um, you know, I, I think it's going to come together. We'll see. Um, you guys can let me know through your Google review later today. Okay, um, so. You know, part of why God called us to launch Real Church uh, was to create this environment that would allow each of us to be real, right? Um, it wasn't wasn't the the concept, and I've I've spent the last two and a half years explaining to people um, that doesn't mean we're the only real church. That's not what I'm trying to say. People like just listen to me for a minute, um, um, but. It was, it was really to try to create an environment where we could be real, where we could be honor, honest, where we could be vulnerable. Um, and sometimes that's, that's a little scary thing because a lot of times um, people take offense to accountability, right? A lot of people are completely offended by accountability. And if we look in the word, the word has called us to hold each other accountable, and so it's so it's so crazy when you, when you look at this and you see this and you see what's happening. What's happened in the church is we have we have dumbed down the church experience because we don't want anyone to be offended. We don't want anyone. Listen, Beth and I struggle with even reaching out to people to tell them we miss them because we know a lot of times the perception of someone saying we miss you is that the pastors are saying where you been, right? <laughs> And the reality is, is Beth, Beth and I, we've literally said to people, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. We've missed you. And literally things just start spewing out of their mouth as to why and what. And we're like, no, no, no guys, just stop. Like we, we get it. Like life's crazy. Life's busy. We're, we're okay. Right. We just want you to know that we love you. Like, cool. Timmy's got this going on. Great. We just want you to know that we still love you no matter what. Right. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, but so often we end up taking offense to accountability and why does this matter? I, I began, you know, I kind of asked me, asked myself this question as I started thinking about this. It's because the body has relied for far too long and f- on far too few, f- too, far too few. That's a lot. That's a lot of F words. Um, <laughs> now, now when you guys leave here and we go to the barbecue joint, be like, man, our pastor was spewing all kinds of F words tonight, right? Can't do that. Okay. Can't do that. (laughs) We have relied for far too long on far too few. And I believe that the church is losing more ground than we've ever lost. This is terrifying to me. This is really terrifying when you begin to think about how much ground that we are losing on the earth to the kingdom of darkness. That's a problem, right? Um, you, if you, you ever look at the media, you know, you can see the destruction, you can see the sin, and you can't help, I mean, you realize that we know how the story ends, but what I hate is how it's going to end for, tar, for far too many people, right? Too many people are going to experience an end that's not going to be like the end that we are going to experience, And our job, our mission while we are here is to expand the kingdom of heaven, Okay, I, I, I think there is uh, there's such a such a missed opportunity in recognizing that that is that is what we have been charged with, guys. We've been char- we have been charged with that more than more than to give to the church. Right. We've been charged with that more than to show up to a church service. We've been charged with that more than anything else is that literally we are supposed to help expand the kingdom of heaven, period. That's it. Right. 
Now, all these other things happen, and these things maybe help and, and aid in that, but I think it's important for us to understand, and we have to get to a point that we're not satisfied with watching the darkness take more possession. We can't. We cannot be satisfied with that. And so the problem we find ourselves in is there's too many within the body that are stuck in ruts. They're stuck in the same spot they haven't been able to get out of, right? And you'll find the exact same people serving in the church, and you'll find the exact same people struggling in the church. I have watched people go from church to church to church to church, to pastor to pastor, 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 and they have the exact same problem every single church that they go to right? It's just, it's, it's this common occurrence. And what we've, what we've been doing is we've just found it okay that people just struggle, right? People just struggle. People are there. And I'll tell you, I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this for myself. I'm not okay with this for my family. I'm not okay with this for the body of Christ. Because we're succumbing to the idea that the world is broken. We live in a broken world. And so we're going to live broken lives, And that brokenness isn't going to be resolved until the rapture comes. But we are missing the fact that deliverance is a part of the church. We're missing that component of what's happening. Because there are too many who are struggling and talking about the exact same feelings that they had last week, that they had the week before, that they had the month before, that they had the year before. And we continue just mulling over these same feelings, these same emotions, these same sins, and we never reach a point of deliverance. We're missing the fact that we don't have to stay broken. We don't have to stay broken. I'm not saying that you don't have moments of brokenness, okay? We all experience moments of brokenness in so many different ways. But I want you to understand that you are intended to experience moments of deliverance from that brokenness. That's what God wants for us. That's what God's designed for us. And so as we dig, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to James chapter 5 as we start talking about deliverance. Deliverance. James chapter 5, we're going to be read verses 13 through 16. And uh, this is a, a relatively familiar passage. Most everyone here will, will know this for sure. Um, and uh, I want to I get dig into this is because as a church, if we say and we proclaim that we're going to be a place that you can be real, you know, one of the things that Bethany um, and I have said um, often about that statement, right? Um, that we, we want people to come as they are. Uh, we want you to be yourself. We want you to be real. I have always said, you know, if you're just a mean, mean person who spits people in the eyes and, you know, kicks the dog on the way out, that's not what I'm talking about. Not like, hey, keep it up, Bobby. Um, doing great. Um, that's, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. We, we should be ushering in change within their lives, Right? Because we allow the Holy Spirit to move in this place and to change and to bring deliverance for people. James 5, verses 13 through 16 says this. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 
I believe that this passage is the most accurate representation of what Jesus wanted within the church. Like if you really think about what is taking place here, he's talking about every single one experiencing life where they're experiencing it, right? Someone suffering, letting them pray. Someone who's cheerful, letting them sing praise, right? All of these different things, right? If someone is sick, calling for the other, all these different things that are in place. This is supposed to be a beautiful representation of what should be happening in churches all over the world. This is it. This idea, to me, this is, this is the whole idea of being real, which often means this, letting down some guards, letting down some guards, we have been um, afraid, uh, shy, timid about letting down some guards. And we're so consumed with everyone else's opinions of what they're going to think that we're not actually allowing ourselves to be honest with us and others to encounter deliverance. See, it says in here that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, right? The, the, the prayers of a righteous person availeth much, right? There are great things to happen here. But if we are so timid and afraid to talk about our issues, to talk about our sins, to talk about our struggles, we're not allowing ourselves to walk into a moment of prayer where someone, where, listen, there are some righteous, not self-righteous people, Okay. Let's not get that wrong. But there are some righteous people in this church that want nothing more than to see your deliverance come to pass. That is, the the key to starting that process is allowing yourself to let down some guards. We have have tried to live so sheltered and if if we cannot have an environment here where you can actually be vulnerable and open up to the fact that God wants to do something in your life and you can share it with, listen, we've gotten this whole relationship thing wrong, we've gotten this whole community thing wrong, we've gotten it all wrong, guys. We have to move into this. We run to safe places. We run to social media. We run to other outlets. But when it comes to being a body, too often people don't want to be perceived as weak or unholy. Now, this is, this is kind of a, a long legalistic problem that has happened in this church. Not this church necessarily, but the church, right? Where we are worried that if someone finds out what my sin is, what my struggle is, where, I've, where, I, where I'm falling they're going to think that I'm not holy. And so guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to, I'm not going to be invited to this event anymore. I'm not going to be invited over to these people or they're not going to want to do coffee with me anymore because all of a sudden they're going to see me for the reality of who I am, right? I'm broken and I've got this issue that I just can't get over. But guess what? The problem is, is when we do that, we close off the opportunity for God to do something because literally as you go into the word and we're going to get there, the word is going to show us how necessary it is for us to do that in our lives. And as long as we it's not just about the person next to you who needs to be willing to say it. It's about you. Because listen, if I am willing, right, to reveal some of my own brokenness, some of my own challenges, some of my own struggles, what does it tell the person next to me, right? For some people, they think, well, it's going to tell them that Tom doesn't have a clue what he's doing. We should probably take the mic away. And that may be true, okay? <laughs> but the other thing it may show and say, wow, I thought they had it, right? I thought they had figured this whole Jesus thing out. I thought, you know, they, they got their, their whole life together. They got the whole family thing. They've got all these things going on for them. It seems good. Like they, all these things like line up so well for them. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, he has brokenness. He has experienced something like that. 
And then what it does is it allows someone else to say, hey, me too. (laughs) I got some issues and I I want someone to intercede on my behalf to help me get over because I've been praying and I've been doing this. And I'm not saying you can't take things to God, but what I'm saying is that there is power in this experience of being delivered, guys. There is power in this. We have um, we have this this experience that what we've done is we've allowed other people's perspective to control our direction. See, because we get so caught up in what they're going to think, we continue to slide down this path that God never intended us to go on because we're so consumed with what they're going to think if I bring this up. See, I, there, there is an experience that Bethany and I had um, years ago. We were at a, uh, we were at a, a revival service. And uh, um, there were some people who ended up coming with us and uh, coming to this revival service. And I'm telling you, I, I know within my spirit that this service was designed for this person to receive deliverance. I, I just, I know it. I knew it in my heart. I, I just, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. This is a moment for deliverance. But fear and timidity allowed that person to stay where they were. And they've stayed there for years, for years. And, and what I want you to understand is that a lot of times the person who's getting in the way of our deliverance isn't anyone in the room but yourself. <laughs> we, we have to start saying, listen, I'm not okay with this sin. I'm not okay with this anger. I'm not okay with this bitterness. I'm not okay with this complacency. And I want to change this, and I want God to deliver me of these feelings, these emotions, these thoughts, this pain, whatever it is, we need to allow it. And here's the thing. Too often, we're told that we need to learn to deal with it, right? There are so many people that say, you just got to learn to deal with it. That's not right, right? That's not right. We need to learn, uh, uh, people, people think that we need to learn how to function in our own sin so we can keep putting on a show for those around us. We well, can't, hey, you know, you're going to be all right. Just right before you get onto that little corner there, because they can kind of see you from the gravel, just, you know, make it, you know, get it together, right? You make it, make it look good. We need to learn how to actually deal with these things, not, not just deal with it and just get on with it, but to deal with it and get over it, right? Actually deal, actually address these things that are in our lives that keep derailing us. Because the longer that you put it off, the longer you go down this path that God never intended for you. God wants to deliver every single one of us from whatever it is that's, that's holding us back. And you don't have to find yourself waiting. You don't have to find yourself going through a 10-step program. You don't have to find yourself going to this event or to that event. or to this. Listen, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and say, I've got an issue and I need the power of the Holy Spirit to come into my life and to change this situation for me because I've done everything else. I've gone to everyone else. I've told everyone else and you know what? They've done nothing. And so I need to be in a, in a group of believers who say, we believe that God has intended deliverance for your life and to pray over you and to allow that to take place. That's what we need to do. We need to do that not just in here. We need to do that where we go out, guys, because they need to understand that we don't just deal with sin. We deal with it, right? We get it, we get it over with because we can't, listen, too many people will say, oh, yeah, I've always had a problem with that. 
Well, you just keep holding on to that problem all you want. But I can tell you for me and my household, we're not going to deal with it. We find problems. We find challenges. We need to war over these things, guys. We cannot allow ourselves to keep going through motions, going through every other avenue and realizing that there is a God who wants to change our lives that we are just completely turning a blind eye to. We can sing about them. We can shout about them. We can show up to church and we can do all of the good things. But at the end of the day, if we don't submit to him, it doesn't matter. We have to let down our guard, guys. We have to let down our guard. Turn with me to James 4. We're going to flip back just maybe a page, okay? James 4. We're going to read verses 7 through 10. 7 through 10 says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Wait. Resist the devil, and he will do what? Flee. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Don't you realize that by allowing the devil to convince you to keep your issues and problems to yourself, that what you're actually doing is you're submitting yourself to the devil and not to God? See, when God says to you, hey, go to the elders, right? Go to the elders and let them come and anoint you with oil and pray over you that you might be healed, when, 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 the, when the scripture tells us that we need to pray, to, we need to confess our sins to one another. When we refuse to do those things, who are we siding with, guys? Who are we siding with in this story? We are finding ourselves constantly on the wrong side of the line. Because we're, 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 we're allowing ourselves to get caught up. In, and anyways, let me read on. Hold on. Verse 8, it says this. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now that doesn't say anything about just keep trying to figure it out and you'll be just fine. It says cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands. It says uh, and, and purify your hearts, uh, you double-minded. Be, be wretched and mourn and weep. This is, this, listen, this is telling you don't be okay with your experience that you're in. Do not allow that to become the place that you stay. It says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. In other words, I wrote this and this is going to sound super harsh, I think, but I'm going to say it because as I read it again, I'm like, wow. Um, Wipe that stupid fake smile off your face. (laughs) I know that's, that, that may sound harsh and that may sound comical, but guys, when we pacify our sin, when we pacify our emotions, when we pacify these things that the enemy, listen, the enemy are, is using these things against us, and you know what he's doing? He's taking more ground. Because we are walking in brokenness. Listen, I believe that the church right now, the body of Christ, is walking with a limp. And it's not walking with a limp because we wrestled with an angel, okay? We are are walking with a limp because we are wounded and we have not figured out the fact that we can go to our God and we can believe him to do what no one else says that he can do. We can walk in this. And listen, there, there are so many challenges with this and there's so many things that I don't understand with it. But what I understand is this. We have to go to him. 
Does that mean you go to him once and that's it? I don't know. Do you go to him seven times? I don't know. Do you go to him 77 times? I don't know, okay? But let me tell you, you don't ever get to the point where you say, well, this is just the way it's going to be. That's not what he has for us. See, the devil wants to paint you into this spot where you've decided that this is as good as it's going to get. I'm, I'm at least I'm, I'm giving something to the church and at least I show up, you know, a couple times a week. And so that that's good. But listen, if we if we cannot get ourselves to a point where we are unsatisfied, we need to stop being satisfied We've got to stop being so satisfied because the enemy wants nothing more for you to be satisfied in your brokenness and to stay there. And you know what he'll do? He'll send something along to make you feel okay about your brokenness. This is where we get in trouble in the church as I go back to that word accountability because sometimes we just want people to feel good, right? And people... People will, will encourage them even though they're in brokenness. And I'm not saying that encouragement shouldn't happen in brokenness, but when your encouragement doesn't bring them out of brokenness, <laughs> when it allows them to stay in the, it's, it's, well, it's okay. God still loves you. God still, no, 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 listen. God desires holiness for your life. Above all else, he desires holiness. And it's funny, I, I, I've told you this before. Um, there was a, a prayer conference that was taking place and uh, um, they asked all these pastors in the room, uh, what is, what is the, the, the first word that you think of to describe God? And almost everyone in that space was love, 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 love. And while God is love, he said, this is part of the problem. We don't see him as holy. See, because if we saw him as holy, our sin we wouldn't be okay with. (laughs) Because we would recognize that we serve a holy God who wants holiness in us, and we have to start working. Listen, if if you are succumbed by peer pressure so easily to fall into traps that God never intended, listen, he wants to deliver you of that. If all of a sudden when you get around certain people, your attitude changes, the words that you use changes, the things that you do changes, listen, he wants to deliver you from that temptation. I find myself constantly in my job surrounded in some crazy situations, okay? (laughs) Crazy stories, crazy places, and listen, what I have to know is that I want holiness to be what describes me. And so guess what? When, when they see me around, they call me the preacher, okay? They'll say, hey, um, well, we can't say that because the preacher's here. Or maybe we shouldn't do that or the preacher's here. Um, and uh, um, the, uh, the one guy, um, the one guy he, uh, he goes out very late at night and does lots of different things, okay? Uh, um, and uh, he's celebrating a birthday today. And uh, I, was like, uh, I was like, hey, man, we should go out for your birthday. Uh, and he was like, uh, are you sure about that? <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, I'll be praying for you anyways. Because um, he, he always says to me, he says, well, you just keep praying for me. You just, I, brother, I'm going to keep praying for you. But see, within the body, see, it's easy enough when we look outside. It's easy enough when we look outside and we look at people's sin. And we say, well, you know, we excuse it or whatever we do. But when it comes within the body, we struggle with this accountability piece. And we, we kind of got to get over this whole idea of always taking the offense, right? We, we have allowed in the body 
we have allowed ourselves to be so offended by everything that everyone says, right? If someone says anything that maybe isn't incredibly positive about us or about the way that we're living our life, if there's any criticism that comes out, there's this offense that starts to build, right? And we have to stop being so easily offended because what you may see as an offense, someone else may see as a snare, right? That someone says, hey, I'm just, I just want to tell you, um, I, you know, I love you and, and I just, I just want to warn you of something and you take this, however, listen, we need to receive those things, okay? And we need to pray about them. I'm not saying every single person who comes up to you and says, I have a word for you. Listen, I get all kinds of crazy stuff, okay? But there are, there are this, these situations where we are, we are building an offense we're becoming afraid of being changed uh, and being held accountable by the body, right? By the body. And we have to, we have to start recognizing that uh, deliverance often comes in the form of someone who says, I see something in you and I believe that God wants to move in your life. That's okay, right? It's okay for someone in the body to want to pray for you. And I think part of the problem is, is that we have forgotten that we have access. See, we've, we've forgotten that we have access. We, 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 are, we are tapping into so many different things to solve every single problem that we have in our life. We are, we are turning to friends. We're, talking to, we're, we're, we're turning to family. We're talking to pastors, guys, okay? Um, and we're missing the fact that we have access to the throne. Um, when um, uh, I'm trying to remember this this story, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to remember it right, but I'll just I'll remember what I say. Um, a lot of times when people say, um, "Can you pray with me about this? Can you pray for me for this? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me?" I have no problem doing that. I love to pray for people. Okay, but. Um, sometimes people get caught up in forgetting that they have the exact same access that I have, that you have that we have, right? We have access and we're forgetting that. I'm gonna speed read through about five or six verses here, okay? First John 4, 4 says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Galatians 5, 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Say free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Listen, I could read that 10 times right now for you to, for, for this just to soak into your spirit. Listen, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. How many times has this been spoken of your own life? Don't go back there again. Don't go, don't fall into that again. Don't get into that mindset again. Don't get into that place again. Because why? Because Christ has set us free. He is intended for us to live free. Psalm 32, seven says, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Psalm 34, four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. What did they do? I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. We have, to get play, get, we have to get back to a place where we're not ashamed to get on our face before the Lord and cry out to him and seek him in this way. 
In this way, we have got to get back to this, okay? Um, Psalm 34, 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Psalm 107, 6 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. This, this is what we got to get back to. This is, this is where our hearts got to get back to, that we are crying. Listen, there are issues, there are problems, there are feelings, there are things that are in your life that you need deliverance for. I'm not going to pretend to speak over every one of you of what that thing is, okay, for your own life. But what I'm telling you is when you start thinking of the word deliverance, I believe that God is speaking to so many of you of what that, now that deliverance for you may be freedom of fear. <laughs> it, may be, it may be freedom from, uh, from control. It may be freedom uh, uh, from uh, um, some addiction. It may be freedom um, from, from pain. It may be, listen, it could be so many things. But I believe that God wants to deliver us and I think that the longer, listen, the longer that we tell ourselves that we're okay, the more time that the enemy is going to continue to sweep over this earth. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with us finding our families outside of the will of God. I'm not okay with us finding our community, our, our, our friends. I'm, I'm not okay with it. And I know that it starts with myself by saying, you know what, God, I, I need you to intercede. I need you to step in. I, listen, I am not above any, listen, I am, if anything, I am lower than every single other person here, okay? We have to get back to a place where we are not ashamed of God. We cannot be ashamed of what he wants to do in our lives. We, not, we cannot be ashamed of the power that he has. We cannot be ashamed of the anointing that is carried. We cannot be ashamed because we need delivered. We need that. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. Tonight, I believe, I believe this. I believe that there are some people in this house that are carrying some stuff, right? Carrying some stuff. It may be one person, it may be 20 people, okay? But I believe that there are some people that are carrying some stuff. I don't know if it's anger or bitterness or pain or uh, addiction or anxiety or fear or, listen, I, I don't know, guys. But I believe that if we all earnestly see, seek our hearts and we say, God, what, what is in me? <laughs> what is in me that needs to come out? I'm telling you, I, I believe that every, if, if every single one of us are not seeing something, then we need to probably pray a little bit more. Because <laughs> in my own life, and maybe I'm just this messed up and broken and, and jacked up, it doesn't take me very long to start recognizing things. Right, and the longer we kid ourselves, the longer that we we pretend that um, we've got it all together and we figured it all out, 
and uh, we wear that stupid fake smile I was telling you about. Now, now listen, I, I'm not talking about being doom and gloom. I don't like doom and gloom. I'll tell you that about me. Uh, doom and gloom is tough for me. I just, I can function in it, but I'm not a, I'm not a doom and gloom kind of person. I was talking to someone else this week and, and they were looking at me like, what, you're down. What's, this is weird. This doesn't make sense, right? And what I want you to know is that it is important for every single one of us to be vulnerable in this space. Now, does that mean that you have to stand before everyone and say, hey, I've got this struggle? No. But what I'm telling you is that if you can't, if you can't find someone in here that you can confide in, that you can have pray with you, then I want you to come ask me who you should go to. <laughs> because there are people in this body who want to pray for you. They want, to, they want to lay hands on you and they want you to receive your deliverance. We are looking to the world. We are looking to every other avenue to experience in this and that's not what God wants for us. I'm not saying those things aren't good. I'm not saying those things aren't necessary at times, but what I'm telling you is that there is a Holy Spirit that is desiring to do a mighty work in your life.